Hello, and welcome to the River of Life podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. I tell you, I love a church where you can shout and you can't hear yourself shout. Because everybody around you is shouting. If, you, it, if you're sitting around the wrong person, just come sit by Charles Whiteley. I can't hear myself shouting because he's so busy shouting. And so, uh, praise the Lord. Wow. What I want to share with you today is more like a devotional than it is a sermon. But there will be enough scripture and enough truth in what I share with you today to change your life forever. I want to share with you a story that I truly love. From the first time I read this story, I just fell in love with it. And I believed from the first moment I read it that God's hand was on this situation and that it was ordained of God. And the story is about a, a young pilot who did something absolutely extraordinary. He was a West Point graduate, third in his class. He became a fighter pilot in the United States Air Force. During the Korean conflict, he flew 66 combat missions. After the war, he went back to school and attended MIT, where he earned a doctorate in astronautics. He developed a space rendezvous technique, which NASA still uses today. This is the docking of spacecrafts in outer space. He was so impressive that NASA invited him to be one of the early astronauts. His rendezvous design earned him the nickname, I love this, Dr. Rendezvous. Little did he know that he had a rendezvous with destiny. He would do something that no other man had ever done before. Some would say it was a small thing and insignificant, but I personally think it was the most important and the most significant thing he ever did in his life. I'll tell you what he did in just a moment. But first, I want to ask you a question. Do you ever think about maybe you have a rendezvous with destiny? Do you ever feel like that there's something you're supposed to be doing? You just don't know exactly what it is? Do you ever have this feeling within you that God has a plan for your life and you desire to know what that plan is? Well, listen, if you ever have those thoughts, you ever have that feeling, I want you to know that lines up perfectly with the word of God. Because this is what the Bible says, Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. Most of the great theologians through the centuries tell us that that means before you were even born, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God had a plan 
for your life and for my life, for all of our lives, even before we were born? Is that what the scripture said? How about this one, Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Say perfect will of God. Wow, that's what the scripture said. And the Bible tells us not to be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And if we will allow God to transform us by the renewing of our minds, then we can prove what is that good and acceptable, say it again, and perfect will of God. You see, friends, this is what the Bible teaches. Now, all kinds of studies have been done over the last few years with all the modern technology to study what people are searching for online when they go on their computers and they do searches using all different kinds of search engines. What are they searching for? What are they looking for worldwide? What are people looking for? Well, when they did a study on what people are looking for when it comes to the Bible, what scriptures are they looking for? What are people looking for? And I'm talking about people worldwide now, people who may not know the Bible as well as you know the Bible. What are they looking for? When they looked at millions and millions and millions of searches on the Internet for scripture, what is the one scripture that people are pulling up? What is the one scripture that they want to read and they want to find out where it is? This won't surprise you at all. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's the first one. Do you know what the second verse that people all around the world are looking for? They're trying to find, they're pulling it up, they're reading it. It's Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. Wow. I, I want to tell you something, friends. When we look at those two verses, that's pretty much it. You see, the greatest truth you'll ever find in God's Word is this, that the God who created the universe loves you so much that He gave His only begotten Son so that you could put your faith in Him and have everlasting life. You'll never find a truth in God's Word greater than that. But second to that is this, that the God of this universe who sent His Son to save you that very same Eternal God has a plan for your life. He has something he wants you to do. He has a future for you. And by the way, friends, I don't care what anybody tells you, even though it does happen, evil does take place in the world and evil things happen, that is not God's plan for your life. Now, people reject God all the time and go down dark, evil roads. But I want to tell you what God has for you is peace and not evil. And he wants to give you a future, and he wants to give you a hope. 
That's what God wants to give you. He has a plan for your life. Well, back to our pilot. God had a plan for his life. <clears throat> what did he do that was so significant? Well, let me give you a list. <clears throat> he logged 4,500 hours of flying time. 290 of those hours were in space. But that's not it. He was on the Apollo 8 mission that was man's first flight around the moon. But that's not it. In 1969, he and Neil Armstrong were chosen to be the first two humans to set foot on the moon. But that's not it. And if you know your history, you already know I'm talking about Buzz Aldrin. He was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom after he returned from the moon. But that's not it. He received a U.S. patent for his design on a permanent space station. But that's not it. He descended 2.5 miles to the bed of the Atlantic Ocean and landed on the deck of the Titanic when it was discovered. This put him in the record books. I'm not making this up. This is the truth. This put him in the record books with the man with the most ups and downs. <laughs> 250,000 miles into space and 2.5 miles down in the ocean. But that's not it. So what is it? What did he do? What did he do that was so significant? The most important thing he ever did in his life was take communion. He took communion. On July 23, 1969, Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong landed on the surface of the moon at the Sea of Tranquility, and there on the moon he took communion. Before his flight, knowing that he was about to do something unprecedented in human history, he wanted to do something when he got to the moon that would mark the occasion. He went to people and asked them, what can I do when I arrive? What can I do there? And finally, he went to his pastor, who to me is the real hero in this story. He went to his pastor and he said, Pastor, what can I do when I get there? And his pastor said, you can take communion when you get there. And the pastor said, if you'll let me, I will prepare you a little communion kit. And you can take it with you, small enough, you can put it in your uniform. And when you land on the surface of the moon, you can take it out. And there on the surface of the moon, you can celebrate communion. He had only been on the surface of the moon for a few moments when he made this public announcement by radio back to the entire world. This is the Lunar Module Pilot. I'd like to take this opportunity to ask every person listening in, whoever and wherever they may be, to pause for a moment and contemplate the events of the past few hours and to give thanks in his or her own way. He cut the radio off and there on the silent surface of the moon, 250,000 miles from earth, he took out a little card and he read a verse from the gospel of John and there he celebrated communion. I'd like for you to hear his own words. <clears throat> 
in the radio blackout, I opened the little plastic packages which contained the bread and the wine. I poured the wine into the chalice our church had given me. In the one-sixth gravity of the moon, the wine slowly curled and gracefully came up the side of the cup. Then I read the scripture, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whosoever abides in me will bring forth much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I'd intended to read my communion passage back to earth, but at the last minute, they had requested that I not do this. NASA was already embroiled in a legal battle with Madeleine Murray O'Hare, the celebrated opponent of religion, over the Apollo 8 crew reading from Genesis while orbiting the moon at Christmas. I agreed reluctantly. I ate the tiny host and swallowed the wine. I gave thanks for the intelligence and the spirit that had brought two young pilots to the Sea of Tranquility. It was interesting for me to think the very first liquid ever poured on the moon and the very first food eaten there were the communion elements. The card, the card that he read from the little communion card was a handwritten card that he had prepared before he blasted off. And on that card, there was another scripture that he had written. Psalm 834, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars, which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visited him? What great scriptures to have on that card. By the way, friends, and this is a little bit disappointing to me. This is not a part of the story I like. But after he got back, some years after he got back, he sold the card. I don't like this part of the story. He sold the card for over $179,000. And when I read that, immediately I thought, somebody wasted $179,000. Why? Because there was no power in the card. The power was in the communion. <laughs> that card had been to the moon and back, and I guess there is some value to that, but communion will take you to heaven and back. By the way, you do know we're coming back, don't you? Read your Bible. <laughs> we're going up, but one day we're coming back. And what a glorious and wonderful day that will be. Now, I know this is strictly my opinion. I know history will not record it this way. But I believe the most significant thing Buzz Aldrin did in his life or ever could possibly do was take communion. He celebrated communion on the moon. It was an unprecedented event. It was something amazing. His pastor led him correctly. What he did, did mark the occasion. And I believe God's hand was all over that thing. I believe God wanted that story told. And I stand before you today to tell you, friends, that the greatest thing you will ever do in your life, without question, the greatest thing you will ever do is celebrate communion. I'm not talking about just receiving 
the elements of the bread and the wine, even though that's important. I'm talking about receiving the elements of the bread and the wine and that representing something that's going on deep in your heart and your soul where you're crying out to enter into communion with the God of this universe and his dear son. There is some beautiful symbolism in this story. The first time I read this story three or four years ago, first time I read this story, these words jumped out at me. Sea of tranquility, communion. Sea of tranquility, communion. You do know those two go together, don't you? The Bible says, the peace of God which passes all understanding. Friends, I tell you, we live in a raging, chaotic, confused, disturbed, sin-sick world. But I stand before you today to tell you that right in the midst of all the darkness and all the evil of this world, there is a place of sweetest peace and tranquility. There is a place where the peace of God passes all understanding. And that place is found in communion with the one who created it all because you're walking with him. Now I want to end on a very practical note. Here's my practical note. And that is from a safety standpoint, (laughs) I think this was the smartest thing Buzz Aldrin ever did in his life. What is the likelihood that Apollo 11 would fail and they would not make it back to earth after he took communion on the moon? I'm telling you, angels would have flown that aircraft back to earth and brought him back safely so he could tell his story. From a safety standpoint, (laughs) brilliant. When you and I accept God's invitation and we give our hearts to him in salvation and we invite him into our hearts and we're genuinely saved. And when we accept his invitation to come into communion with him and to walk with him, and I'm not just talking about the communion table, I'm talking about a lifestyle of communion. When we accept that invitation, we have made the wisest and the smartest and the safest choice we will ever make in our lives. By the way, friends, tonight, around 10 o'clock, I think it will be, there will be a full lunar eclipse. It's being called a super blood moon. And it's very interesting to read about it. There have been articles for years now. There have been articles written. There have been videos produced. Books have been written. People all over the world are intrigued with this super blood moon that will take place tonight. And there are people all over the planet who are saying that tonight what will happen in less than 12 hours, this super blood moon is a sign from God that the world is in trouble, that destruction is coming soon, and the judgment of God is going to fall on mankind. Now, the only problem with that is, is you don't have to see a super blood moon to know that. All you got to do is read your Bible. That's what the Bible says. The Bible tells us 
that in the last days there will be perilous times and men will grow worse and worse and the days will be evil and the days will be wicked and that judgment is coming. And to be ready for that in the hour that you think not the Son of Man is coming. The Bible says it. Maybe God wants to give a sign. I don't know. To get everybody's attention. But let me tell you something else the Bible says. Equally as important. The Bible teaches us that there is a place of safety. There is a pavilion to hide in. There's an arm to lean on. (laughs) There's a shoulder that holds us up. The Bible teaches us that those who are living in communion with him, that it is well with their soul. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. That's what the Bible says. He's a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be cast into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. We don't have to fear. Friends, it does not matter what happens tomorrow if we're in communion with him. We do not have to fear. For there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. And that right early, the heathens raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice and the earth melted. Be still. And know that I am God. For the rest of you old folks here tonight, you might want to follow my pattern. I go to bed early, but I'm going to try to stay up tonight to see this super blood moon. But child of God, don't you worry about that super blood moon. (laughs) Don't you worry one bit. All you need to be focused on is living in communion with the one who created it all. And friends, nothing is better than that. The invitation will be a little bit different this morning. I'll give a two-fold invitation. Thank you again for listening to River of Life Podcast. If this message has touched you today, or if you need somebody to pray with you, please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email at info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for more information and directions. Thank you.